All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. The scoreboard update is for Cougar Pain Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years. Predators lead the Flames 1-0 about halfway through the first period. Three games later, including the Sharks and the Flyers, Edmonton and San Jose on Thursday. 7 o'clock face-off show puck drop at 8.30 here on 6.30. Chad, also in the first, Tentacles and Coyotes tied 1-1. Second period, Jets up 3-1 on the Blues. Third period, Rangers pounding the Red Wings 5-0. Lightning lead the Canadians 4-2. Wild and Islanders 2-2 early in the third. In overtime, the Sabres and the Hurricanes are locked up at three. We will uh, get to Kelly Rudy in a couple of minutes. Brendan Escott is uh, working in the control room tonight. Uh, Kellen's away for a few days. Escott, it's great to be working with you, buddy. We, I mean, we're, we talk and are around each other all day, but yet I still feel this sense of excitement that you're on the show. Yeah, it's nice. This is something that I've been here five years. We haven't really had the opportunity to do this show together. If I'm ever operating on it or with it, it's typically in your absence. So nice to be with you. And uh, I'll tell you what, the text line is absolutely electrified here at 780-496-0063. Some in response to the text that we were getting a little bit earlier. Uh, but this one really piqued my curiosity. Um <laughs> Reed, tell us more about you directing a Star Wars movie. That did not happen. Okay. Okay. No. Here's what. Okay. I'll briefly tell the story. So somebody called in last night and said, "Will Rob Brown join the Oilers coaching staff or def- or coach the defense?" Right. Or something. I did hear that. Yeah. Right. And Rob, of course, deflects the compliment. And <laughs> Rob, trust me, has no interest in coaching beyond the kids he works with at the academy. Uh, but of course, Rob offers great insight and analysis of what's going on with the Oilers and around the league. So then I said, you know. On Inside Sports, I talk about James Bond and Star Wars and horror movies, but no one ever calls in and said I should direct a show. But Rob says one clever thing about hockey, and people want him to coach. I was joking around. (laughs) So, no, I'm not going to direct a Star Wars movie, though I, 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 I would like to redo episodes eight and nine. I would actually leave The Force Awakens alone, even though it has its own problems, too. Okay, I'm, I'm going to leave that to your expertise. A bunch of people driving around are like, "What? Well, what where did this station come from? What, what happened to Chad? What?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Sonny has reached out uh, asking, and I'll read you a couple here regarding the same player. Did the Oilers have to seriously look at waving Connor Brown to create some cap space here? Everything on this roster needs to be on the table, doesn't it? And then another texter here saying that uh, he was another one of Holland's misguided reaches. I can't believe that Brown is going to be another three point two five million dollar uh, cap hit. Release him now. Wasn't Jeff Jackson his agent? <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen with Connor Brown. Uh, now, the bonus has not kicked in, right, because he hasn't played enough games. Uh, I mean, again, they need Connor Brown to be be productive. Uh, I, I, I get the – like, I was surprised it was 10 games for the bonus. Like, I thought it might be third – and I think even Bob one day was talking about there would be a threshold at 30 and 40 and 50. I was surprised it was 10 games. But the – the cap relief you would get there is next year, not this year, which I think is what that texture meant. But I, I understand what people are saying about everything being on the table. Um, I don't know. Waving Connor Brown. Uh, man, I, I don't know about that one. Again, I think you got to hope, have faith that some of these guys will improve and get back to their real selves, so to speak. KM says, here it is. 
Season isn't lost yet. They're about two weeks away from the biggest disaster in NHL history. <laughs> this team can't miss the playoffs. Goaltending is a huge problem. Play Pickard. The team will wake up and support him better than what they have been. They needed a spark. This might be it. That's from KM. Well, I, I would agree with KM that we are about two or three weeks away from the playoffs being less than 5% likely, less than 3%. American Thanksgiving yeah, is I, usually I mean, if, that if, point. If, if they're back around 500, then it then it's still a lot of track. If they're uh, 4-17-2, and two, or I don't even know how many games they're going to play, but whatever. Like if they win one of their next six games and they're 3-12-1 and one or 3-12-2, and two, I mean, yeah, we're talking serious stuff. Biggest disaster in NHL history. Well... I'm sure other teams could come up with three nothing series lead losses or things like that. It, it would be a it would, it would might be the biggest disappointment in Oilers history related to expectations and the recent quality of the team. I, I would put it in that neighborhood. Yes, Coach Al says it's simple. Just use the force. They just need to use That's, the force. They just need, I, I agree. You can't go wrong with using the force. Well, so people are really latching on. Well, two people are latching on to the Star Wars thing. Yeah, 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 it's one-seventh one of our listeners. If the force is is getting angry and going out there and trying to separate a man from a puck and playing with the level of intensity that is sorely lacked, in my opinion, this season, then, damn it, use the force. Use the force. All right. <laughs> I agree. We will get to uh, more messages before we sign off. we got to get to Kelly Rudy, our weekly guest on the show, presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinelstorage.ca. Kelly, how are you doing? Are we getting anything there, Brendan? Hang on. I, I messed something. I'll try again. Well, look at it this way, Oilers fans. Well, I'm doing great reading yourself. Well, I'm doing okay, though uh, oil country's in a little bit of... Uh, there's a dark cloud over oil country, I guess, is the way... Yeah, no it, kidding, Kelly. right? Uh, wow. My, oh, my. I, I know you've seen the Oilers play quite a bit this year. Not every second, but yep. just yep. You, you just feel almost like what's going to go wrong next. And even yesterday, you dominate the first 10 minutes and... Yeah. Shortly thereafter, you're still down 3-1. Yeah, so I think Connor McDavid said it best after Saturday's loss to Nashville when he said death by a thousand cuts. And so it seems like everything... Uh, uh, everybody's a part of this losing. They're, it's not just the goaltending, although that's a part of it, a big part of it. It's everything. You look at last night's game, just a wonderful start. They're absolutely dominating. And simply because uh, Vancouver scores on two of the four shots to go up 2-1, that's no reason to get uh, 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 nervous and to give up and to lose confidence and to cave. That's that's inexcusable. Then, you know, then I look at the Hoaglander goal and, you know, I could pick out guys on the Oilers every game, it seems, for the mistakes. But what was Evan Bouchard doing on the Hoaglander goal in the second period? He's challenging him at uh, the blue line, the uh, offensive blue line for the Oilers. Uh, it, it turns into a two-on-one, and then Hoaglander beats Bouchard into the slot and buries the rebound off the Lafferty shot. I mean, 
I I just honestly, I can't tell you what he was thinking, Bouchard, because there's no reason to turn a simple, what was probably a two-on-two or two-three-on-three into a two-on-one and leads to, and that, by the way, that was a great save by Skinner on the Lafferty shot. So you can't blame the goalie on that one either again. Well, Rob and I talked about that too, and, and, and it hasn't been a great year for Skinner or Campbell, who we will talk about. But yep. Skinner actually gives yep. you a save there, and still winds up in the yep. in the back of your net. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk now too about accountability and ice time and that kind of thing. I mean, the Oilers don't have any extra players, so you can't really send right. a guy to the press box right now. Right. Um, but, and, you know, Speck was asking Woody after the game, and Woody's had other similar types of questions recently as well. Can you bench a guy, even for a couple of shifts, and send a message that way? Uh, like, from yeah. your experience, what impact does that have? If you do take a player like Bouchard, who usually plays a lot, and then he doesn't play for a few minutes, you know, like, is it is it time to be doing a little more of that? Well, first of all, I think today's players are way different than how I grew up, and Punish, punishing them would have to be the very last step. I like the communication aspect of it. And I think Woodcroft is and his staff, they're very good at that. And I think they have to continue down that path. That's where I'd go for the longest time until uh, it got gets to a point where, okay, we've tried everything uh, and only playing, you know, 10 or 11 games. I, I, I still think there's more runway there. And so going down that road, I'll give you a great example of a guy that's really changed and look at the success that they're having Rick Tockett. And here is a, a guy and I know him well, I've known him since 87 Canada cup. And then I played with him in uh, Los Angeles for a while, you know, pretty to the point kind of guy. And yet he's telling me that not only, uh, is communication the most important thing, but he goes on walks with some of his players to see how they're doing. I mean, that's different than just simply out of uh, uh, anguish or out of uh, frustration benching somebody, right? I think there's different avenues, different players, uh, you know, and and they will extinguish uh, or exhaust all avenues to get this right because they have to. Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, of course, the Oilers' misery continues now 2-8-1 and one on the season. Um. And again, before we get to Campbell's specific situation, there's a lot of talk about goaltending saves, and there's a lot of talk about the quality of the chances that the Oilers give up. Yeah, does, does that forgive a goalie at all if he's fa- like you played the position? It's your job to stop the puck. Like, I don't know if you ever let in a goal and thought, well, it was a two-on-one. I mean, you can't think that way, can you? No, no, not at all. Your job is to stop the puck, and it doesn't matter uh, if it's a grade A chance or you know a, a stop that you should uh, or save you should make a hundred percent of the time. Every every uh, situation is different, but you expect to make the save every single time. You, you would never get to the National Hockey League unless you thought that. If, if you would be uh, you're you're mad every single time you're scored, and you never concede the fact that hey, maybe it was a five on three and Drysaddle from uh, unbelievable angle uh, beat me because I simply couldn't get there. You would never ever go down that road. So now, but as you watch goalies, though, do you ever think like, okay, come on? And the and the Oilers are a good example. I mean, they need more saves. Don't get me wrong. Um, but do you ever look at the Oilers and say like, how many odd man rushes are they going to give up or how many bad reads like Bouchard's are they going to make? 
that's uh, I look at that more often than anything else and knowing the position. And I'll give you another example from last night. Uh, I'm sure people would criticize Skinner for the last goal under a minute left. Uh, and I'm thinking because people I'm I don't know. I haven't gone on uh, social media to to research this, but I'm sure like why well, didn't he even try like he didn't even push from his left to his right to try and make that save, even a sprawling save simply because he doesn't know who to trust anymore. And that's a terrible place for a goaltender when you are you he reacted to the first pass. So the pass goes to his glove side. He reacts as he should. And he's a, he's assuming that the back door is covered because that's what you do, right? That's why you get to the National Hockey League because you have all these systems in place that you learn to trust. I remember I'm going off on a tangent here, but I remember when I blew up my ankle in uh, LA and I had to go down to the minors for a game to give it a whirl. And I got, I got lit up badly. I don't, I can't remember how many I gave up four or five in two periods. And I remember thinking in the second period, Oh my gosh, I've got to play so deep because I have no idea what my defensemen are doing in front of me. It's not their fault. They're, they're playing in the minors, you know, but when you're a national hockey league goaltender, you have defensemen that you're supposed to trust. And so they take away or they should take away the opportunities that uh, would make it next to impossible for you to make a save. So you, you shouldn't really have to worry about it. I like how you put that, though, that he doesn't know who to trust. I, I mean, I almost feel that that might be running through the Oilers lineup. And I don't mean that they are distrustful of each other, like on a personal level. But I mean, no, it's almost like, all. OK, I, I know I should cover that guy. But wait a minute. Is this yeah. other guy going to go there? So maybe I got to go there. And then by that time, yeah. it's too late. OK, so. I have a situation like this. And I have an example of how I started to get out of it. So as you remember, I was struggling, struggling mightily, uh, in 1993 in January. And while I was starting to feel better, how I came out of it one time was I went to our assistant coach, Cap Raider. Cap, by the way, was also my goalie coach because he had played in the WHA as a, uh, goalie and so we had a really frank conversation the morning of the game i can't remember who we were playing but i said and i i used really colorful language i said cap here's what's going to happen tonight i'm going to play the game and i'm going to stick to all my reads i don't care how many mistakes are made in front of me i don't care if i give up 15 goals i'm going to do my job and my job alone and if everybody else screws up then it's not on me and he looked at me and he goes I love it. That's what we need from you. You just do your job. Don't worry about trusting or not trusting your teammates. Do your job. Read your reads and play your game and we'll work our way out of it. And we won that night. And I think I think we won big. I can't remember seven and one or something. But my point being is that once everybody just does their job, then you'll get back to being how good they can be. All right. And, and then let's close with. Jack Campbell, and you and I have talked about in the past that confidence can be an issue for him. He, he looked so great yep. in the preseason and now yep. struggling again. Uh, what do you think of the move to send him down and, and the impact it might have? Well, I just feel about him personally. I hope that he's able to recover and somehow get back on track and resurrect his NHL career because at one point he was a good goalie. Um, and I, I'm like you, Reed. I, I thought that this year was going to be a different story. I watched him here in Calgary in a preseason game and he looked 
fantastic. And then the worst case scenario happened. He got pulled in Vancouver in game one, and that just seemed to have crushed him. Although he had the good game in Nashville too. So I was rooting for him there that, okay, maybe he's going to find a way to fight his way out of this situation, but it's, it's to a point now where I don't think the Oilers had any, any choice, but, just again on a personal level because i know how uh that feels uh i'm just cheering for him uh i don't know if there are a lot of other oiler fans that are but i know i am well kelly we appreciate that always love your insight and we'll uh we'll do this next week we'll see what the story is then my friend you got it reed have a great night that's kelly rudy checking in courtesy sentinel storage shop canadian store canadian head to sentinelstorage.ca a guy who faced adversity in his career, and he gave some examples of how he got out of it. And it wasn't easy, and it wasn't pleasant to get through it. And uh, we'll see if Jack Campbell and many of the Oilers can uh, can apply any of those lessons. We're back for some of your final thoughts inside Sports on Chet. All right, late in the first period, Predators now up 2-0 on the Flames. The Canadians lose 5-3 to the Lightning. Hurricanes beat the Sabres 3-2 in overtime. Jets leading the Blues 3-1. After two, uh, yes, it is uh, misery in uh, oil country. I should mention, though, uh, great things happening for the U of A football team. They're in UBC on Saturday for the Canada West Championship on the line, the Hardy Cup. They will be underdogs taking on UBC, but uh, still a pretty good year overall for the Golden Bears. Hopefully they can pull off, uh, I guess, what would be a bit of an upset to uh, beat UBC on the road. 780-496-0063. Escott, uh, I know we got a few messages there. Let's try to get a few more on if we can. Just punching some musical selections into our uh, lager, which I'm sure is wildly interesting to the listenership. Uh, Reed, I heard your rumor about Bennington. What do you think the possibility of the Oilers getting him truly is? Okay, low, and I want to clarify this. And as people know, I'm not big on talking about trade rumors or saying this, this, or this. I heard this from someone I trust. Now... NHL GMs are always talking to other NHL GMs about players. I mean, we have we have numerous stories on this show, other shows. You guys all read about sports. When did you first talk about that trade? Two years ago, I inquired about this player, and it didn't work out. And then I checked again a year later. Okay, So all I'm saying is I heard a tidbit from somebody I trust that I was comfortable saying on the radio. I can also tell you, the Oilers would have to give up significant money or get St. Louis to retain to get Bennington, and he has a no-trade clause. So that's why I still say low, but I trust the person who told me enough to say this on the air that they're sniffing around. I hope that clarifies everything. Um, if you've listened to me, I think you know, unless it's the, some of the jokey stuff we do, I don't like sensationalizing or doing that type of stuff so i was comfortable enough saying it as a bit of a hypothetical and that there's a little bit of smoke but that's a that's a hard get for edmonton and say and st louis has to want to get and again it's like all the people who are like get carter hart get carter hart philly's not trading carter hart <laughs> okay philly waited three decades to get a starting goaltender i don't think they're trading yeah. carter hart so that's that's what I'll say about the the, the bidding and stuff. But I, I'll throw it out there because I know people like it as as fun stuff or 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 whatever stuff. I still think it's a very very low probability. But hey, we'll keep an eye on it. 
Jeff says, enjoy the show as always and appreciate your breakdown read of the remaining games and the record needed for 95 points. I don't see the team doing it. Hard to believe, but it's November 7th and the team has basically missed the playoffs already. Unreal, says Jeff. Yeah, well, again, I, I won't write them off for the playoffs, but the, the math is is there. Right. That's so I know like sometimes like they beat Calgary and I had a colleague say to me, well, like now they're fine. Now they're fine for the postseason. Well, no, no, they aren't like quite frankly, Vegas isn't fine for the postseason, but Vegas could lose six or seven games in a row and still be in a playoff spot because they've they've. But that's what I would say to you. Do the math. Pick a playoff cut line, pick a point total and see what the orders would need to do between now and then to get there and then decide in your own mind whether or not it's realistic, which I think that texture did, which is fine. All right, and uh, let's leave with this. Looks like the players have quit on the coach. Pretty sad after they just quit on Tippett less than two years ago. Good luck finding somebody to keep these overpaid babies in line. Okay, well, I I don't think they've quit on Woody um, because I think if they had quit on Woody, they wouldn't have played, they wouldn't have come out like that last night. But... Of, of course, Woody and the coaching staff are going to be criticized as well. All right. Appreciate that, guys. Uh, I'll do another show tomorrow. Luke Gazdick is scheduled to be on the show, along with Drew Remenda, who uh, is part of the Sharks broadcast crew. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Big thanks to Brendan Escott for sticking around to uh, work the controls tonight. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.